Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You're listening to Text Message with me, Nate Langson. And me, ho, 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 Ian Morris. That's... An incredibly <laughs> inappropriate introduction for a man who spent the 20 minutes before we started the podcast <laughs> railing on how unchristmassy he is and how proud of he how, how It was good, wasn't it? I really enjoyed it. I greatly enjoyed it. I don't know if our patrons did, although most of them <laughs> hate Christmas too, so perhaps yes. they, they did. It has actually been a very eventful week, hasn't it, um, Chief? Since uh, Has it? Yeah, well, since our last show, I don't mind saying, and you'll have to stop me uh, if I'm revealing a bit too much here, but it's been a bit special um, because Ian's been doing something with none other than the uh, pint-sized lady crooner Anna Kendrick, um, who I have it on good authority have destroyed several pieces of critical infrastructure and I think prolonged all of our lives as a direct result. Should probably have said earlier, I named two soldiers in XCOM 2 after Ian Ah. and Anna. Major Ian Morris and Captain Anna Kendrick, specifically. They've been performing very well in Earth's fight against the alien invasion. Uh, The BBC wrote this week that the UK's policing minister, Chris Philp, no, MP no less, has urged forces to follow Bedfordshire's example in using AI to carry out admin tasks which includes redacting personal data from case files before they go to the Crown Prosecution Service. Now, I had to look into this because I did not understand the rigour that went into um, anonymizing data for this purpose. But what is fairly clear, I think, to people is that when a detective is investigating a crime, they have to produce a case file if, if it's going to the, the CPS. And that includes things like witness statements and phone records, other evidence, things that have been gathered from the ether to support the argument. This is all according to the BBC story as well. Um, But in order to comply with data protection laws, there is stuff that has to be expunged from those things, stuff like phone numbers and addresses, which may involve innocent parties. So they have to be got rid of. But it takes an awful long time to go through these things manually. There was a guy quoted... In the uh, in the BBC story, Detective Constable James Carrington Reed, who said it can take days to go through some of these things, and that means something like this was the example they give gave. If you maybe are downloading all the data from somebody's phone from a suspect's phone, you would have to go through all of that data in order to redact anything that is not directly relevant to the case in order to then submit that as part of the evidence to the CPS. It did take days. He says it can now be done in minutes. And even when officers go through and check it's being done correctly, it's still saving about 90% of the police time wow. okay. for, for that. So they so the officers can get back to other jobs, which is a good thing, assuming that yeah. the officers are respectable officers and not the ones saying nasty things on WhatsApp. But I think most are, are, are decent, upstanding members of the population. And so having 90%... Uh, of their time back to do other things instead of going through redacting phone records, I feel is a fairly good use of the technology. Um, 
what my first question when I read the story though was, well, what the hell is the software that they're using? Because presumably they're not they're not sending it over to Chat GPT or something, and they're not. Um, they are using a piece of off the shelf software. It's a software as a service tool actually, so it's based in the cloud called Doc Defender, which is made by a UK company called Riven, which I like to think was named after the sequel to Mist, but I doubt it. Uh, I'd never actually heard of the company, so I went a step further. I rummaged through um, company records on Companies House and found that the company was founded in March of this year, and one of its two directors was actually born in the year 2000. That may all seem like tertiary and irrelevant detail, but here's why I think that's interesting. Um, I find it amazing that somebody born after the turn of the millennium can co-create an AI startup that within months is not only being used by a police force, but implicitly being promoted by MPs. So it's either really scary uh, or very scarily successful. I don't know. I think, though, it, it kind of embodies this year of rapid AI prototyping and experimentation. And, um, and I think that's both interesting and relevant to our interests. What say you, Mr. Morris? Yeah. Yeah, I do think this is interesting. And I mean, this is kind of the, the sort of AI story you want to hear, really, isn't it? It's about allowing people to get on with the jobs that we need them doing rather than wasting time doing something that should absolutely be automated, if possible. Um, and, you know, a 90% saving on time, it's phenomenal, right? I mean, you, there's we all know that if you ring the police about something that's been stolen from you, it's, nothing's going to happen uh, because they don't have the time. Uh, so why not make the time by making sort of smart investments in ai and this this fits the bill i like it fits the bill that's a good pun that very good mate that's really good well done didn't well, do it deliberately obviously but said it and then immediately realized what a cracker it was i think it was cracker just... that's another good police related pun you're on you're, <laughs> you're absolutely on fire mate much a- much like the sun fire yeah. that's very very good um I think this being software as a service, though, means that the data is being sent up to the cloud. And I believe this is being hosted on AWS, which is interesting that we are in a world where it's okay to send, um, you know, confidential records up to a cloud storage. But I mean, companies do that. And I think, you know, I mean, I can only speak from, well, I wouldn't say personal experience, but I know that microsoft's azure is incredibly secure like you cannot get in the data centers that run azure for love nor money like that is a highly restricted so they take it seriously they know that if they're going to uh win the trust of big corporations they're going to need to be able to ensure that that data is kept private so yeah and i looked uh, up the so fa sense i looked up the faq of the aunt doc defender when i was doing some research and you can use an aws instance in 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 specific countries that you that you need it to so yeah i certainly am not casting a and no doubt encrypted before it secure. even leaves your computer so i mean realistically the chance of that being cracked are very minimal mm. yeah it's um it's just interesting you know this company is so is so new relatively speaking i mean it was founded in march um it's so new it can process pdfs and word powerpoint excel jpegs pngs you just chuck it all up there it goes through and re- you know redacts it and then sends it back i'd so, like to have a crack at it to be honest be fun I, I yeah i looked up i don't think you can actually just get it you have to sort of i mean con- of course not contact contact them yeah i mean that makes sense As these specialist companies that's how they operate so yeah you know but i mean 
be interesting, wouldn't it? I mean, you know, you should get in touch with them and uh, go and have a look at it. I would be I would be interested in seeing how it works. I can sort of guess how it works, really. Um, but there we go. Riven Group, that's, that's the parent company. It does look like Doc Defender is their main their main product. If you go to their website, there's a, a picture of a shadow, nice looking shadowy police officer and then a nurse looking at an iPad. Oh, it might be. A... Here's, my, here's my question, though. Yeah. <clears throat> it's It can't be that easy to do that and not accidentally redact the wrong thing or you know miss things because of the way they're formatted or stuff like that so that for me is the big interesting question because it's not that ai can do this because i'm sure that we all sort of you know looking for a phone number is not going to be difficult at all but getting it right um it must it can't be that easy anyway that was just a little thought i had it's not it's not um, but but they do say they man, they're manually checking this stuff still. So it's not like it's getting spat Of course, I, in... I no that yes, and that wasn't that wasn't my suggestion that you know this was going to lead, lead to problems necessarily. But just I was interested in how that process might work. Yeah, and this is where I see this sort of stuff going. And as you know, I've done a lot of an awful lot of research and conversations about AI this year. And these are the kind of tools that I really do think we're going to see far more of, which is this labor-saving, time-saving device that's not directly threatening jobs. It's just affecting tasks. And tasks are numerous in, in most jobs. And if it's just making one of them more efficient, then it's giving you more time to put towards another task as part of your existing job and maybe over time those things evolve but i think this is this is a good thing for now i'm sure yes. down the line there will be other companies and other instances where someone says well here's a reason why it's not because i don't know it's well i don't know how you, you could racially profile data but you know what i mean there'll be some instance of something like that that will that will be an issue but that's true of most technologies right things well, you heard used. this this story uh, this week. I've no doubt you heard it. That um, apparently ChatGPT is slacking off because it's the holiday period, um, and it's learned from people, so it's less productive in this festive period because that's what it's learned from us. That can't be true. I, I I swear to you, there were stories about it this week, and someone's done some like testing on it or something, and it, it's it's slower to respond. I don't know quite the ins and outs of it but i read the story and found it very entertaining i'd love to think that actually the reality is is that more people are hammered at work therefore giving <laughs> chat gpt more to do therefore the servers are more logged and it takes longer to process i bet it's something like that um that's not the that's not the impression i got uh from the thing um but i'll see if i can find a link and i'll send it to you how does that sound, eh? Oh, mate, honestly, that sounds like the best thing ever. Other things that sound like best thing candidates is uh, something that Al just posted in our live chat. He's not actually listening to the show live, but he obviously knows we're here. He's just posted a photograph of something from his local screw fix, which um, is, is not a place to pick up um, extramarital affairs. It is a <laughs> do-it-yourself outlet. <laughs> outlet. What's the what's the American equivalent of a screw fix? Um, oh, uh, Home Depot. Home Depot. Okay, something like that. Where their brilliantly timed promotion is save ten percent on toilet seats, get festive ready. So the promotion reads, which is absolutely fantastic. We all know somebody whose buttocks would be better placed on somebody else's toilet seat. Um, I think it's a great a great thing. A great thing. In 
<laughs> in late November, some chat GPT users began to notice that chat GPT-4 was becoming more lazy, reportedly refusing to do some tasks or returning simplified results. Since then, OpenAI has admitted that it's an issue, but the company isn't sure why. The answer may be what some are calling winter break hypothesis. While unproven, the fact that AI researchers are taking it seriously shows how weird a world of the world of AI language models has become. ChatGPT's uh, creator said, uh, we heard your feedback about GPT-4 getting lazier. Uh, we haven't updated the model since November 11th, and this certainly isn't intentional model behavior. Model behavior can be unpredictable, and we're looking into fixing it. So there you go. It's doing something. That's so weird, isn't it? But that, that that's part of that's part of the most interesting thing about AI. You know, it, this is something it, you know modeled on humanity. So you get it. You know, it it picks up racial prejudice. It you know all these things that are part of the unpleasant fabric of society. It picks up on them. So it's inevitable that something how it would do that. I don't know. You know, has it just noticed that less happens in December, and as a result, I don't know. It's it seems unusually. You know, it seems odd. But anyway, I th thought it was a good story and one that you obviously uh, weren't aware of, surprisingly. No, I, I, no I, I can't. I don't believe it because it, it's one of these things. It's like it's like when people used to see that face on Mars and think, oh, it's a it's a it's a it's a beacon to say, hello, Earthlings. We are here on Mars and we look like you. It is the anthropocentric view of the world. Um, no doubt there is something to do with that. I, I wouldn't be surprised. But oh, it looks like it's exhibiting human behavior. No, it isn't. You're, imp no. you're imprinting upon it. Maybe. But people do that. They do it with cats. Look at this grumpy cat. That cat isn't grumpy. It's just got a face that makes you think it's grumpy. It's probably perfectly happy. And the opposite is true often, where you can yes, look at I'm you smiling and think, there's a happy man. <laughs> Little do you know the disdain for humanity that hides behind yeah. those cold eyes. Exactly. It's, um, it's yeah. Yeah. Mm. I mean, yeah. You've got to, got to put it on a front. That's what, that's what the world is all about. It's uh, about conforming to society's expectations of you, not about how you actually feel as a living, breathing organism. Well, if you are an organism and are living and breathing, then do let us know. Hello at UKTechShow.com. Let us know specifically what you're doing with your life. Uh, is it something? Is it nothing? Are you like one of those immortal jellyfish off the coast of Japan that sort of lives forever because it can keep regenerating its cells? Um, or are you the same jellyfish who's been eaten by predator? I don't really know where I'm going with this, but I'll tell you what's coming up. An audio sting. What is Usenet, Nate? What what are Google Groups? These are all questions that you asked me directly in this Google Doc that we use, or not Google Doc, in fact, Apple Doc. Um, but let me tell you, Google's at it again. Uh, it's uh, shutting down its Usenet service, Google Groups, from February 2024. It will no longer be possible to uh, post to news groups using the service or subscribe to existing news groups. You will, however, be able to read them. I'll cut to that later. Uh, but I feel like, as you asked the question, Nate, I should mm. back it up and explain what Usenet is. Please. Um, yes. Uh, most often, the service is referred to as, you know, news groups. Uh, and it was first made public in 1980, which predates the World Wide Web by almost a decade. Uh, most people, I think, wouldn't really get online until the sort of 2000s with a smattering of people like me and Nate online in the sort of mid to late 1990s on CompuServe or AOL or similar. And free news serve. groups are, 
free serve yeah um when was that that wasn't till like 2000 though was it no it was earlier it was more like oh, okay. n- n- 98 we had free serve okay. i think well anyway news groups are fascinating uh because they're it's kind of like a it's a, a vaguely peer-to-peer thing although it isn't peer-to-peer it's sort of like server to server um but there is a world you know a huge collection of servers all around the world all of which sync with each other um so servers could take a selection of news groups um or you know like a wider selection or a more narrow selection depending on who owned the server and what they wanted to do with it and the content would broadly be available everywhere and is resilient so it sort of mirrors the the idea of the internet that you know you could take one server down but the the content wouldn't go away it'll always be there um it has its own protocol called the network news transfer protocol which facilitates both users downloading news to their computers and the interchange of data between servers uh now offered arguably i would say the first cloud service uh with centralized servers hosting kind of what you would describe as message boards uh, on a huge number of subjects um and it was in this sort of in the early days it was where you'd find academics discussing ideas about their research or where students would come to speak to teachers or all those same academics or professionals working in the you know the fields that they were writing about for their degrees etc um but for people who've never heard of news groups i would describe them as basically reddit but without a corporation being in charge well, well until you know google involved itself by buying um a company uh that archived usenet called deja news uh, google bought that company in 2001 and deja's archive uh dated back many many years um although the company itself was only founded in i think 1995 um so why would Google shut down something so awesome? Uh, <clears throat> well, it turns out that legitimate use has declined considerably. A look through a lot of news groups now just shows spam post after spam post. But that's not the main reason. These days, news groups are still well, mostly used to share binary files. That was never an intended use. But of course, many people realise that you could split binary files like video or music into chunks and then use the Usenet server network to propagate those files around the world. Uh, and guess what? <laughs> ended up what being used for privacy, piracy. Sorry, privacy, piracy, all the same. Uh, piracy. Uh, so for that reason, some servers don't carry binary files, um, but they're still widely used and with a lower risk for downloaders than, say, BitTorrent. There's no peer-to-peer needed from the you know the end user perspective. The servers all deal with that. Um, and Google points out that legitimate use has dropped significantly, and now it really does seem just to be mostly spam and binaries. I had to look through a couple of groups and couldn't find very much useful discussion anymore. Um, but the problem is that news groups have been around for so long that that archive means something in a historical context. Um, I don't know if Deja News has every post from the history of usenet i doubt it and i'm not sure if anyone does but that is a huge resource that's going to sort of become harder to use if as google sort of clearly loses interest in it i mean why they bought deja news in the first place i have no idea um but it could be lost forever parts of it it seems like it's going to become harder to access uh, most of the services that you can subscribe to online now are geared up for downloading those binary files i mentioned so they're you know they're basically piracy tools at this point um and it seems a shame because if you think about the world wide web 
the one thing that we could do with is a nice little discussion forum that isn't festooned with adverts. And that has existed since 1980. And this anyway. is the, the, the news groups. This is where you would see... I'm thinking of comic book guy from The Simpsons who would say something like alt nerd dot <laughs> yep. something or other. And that's that's what he meant, right? Yeah, absolutely. And there were loads of those kind of... I mean, that was how it was divided. And, you know, if you look at Reddit, it's actually striking how much of that has been taken from the ethos of newsgroups, really. Um, yeah, so, so things were sort of categorised. So you would have... Uh, rec for recreational or entertainment so you've got like rec.movies and then you can take it further and further down the chain so it might it's a very linux way of doing things so it might be like rec.movies.fantasy stories or you know or, or movie reviews or whatever you know so people could create communities around the specific thing that they were interested in but they'd be very easy to find because they'd all be sort of clustered around one sort of starting point and then you could you know there'd be lots of sort of branches of that in a way it was quite beautiful really i thought when you were talking that this is the kind of thing that um the internet archive would be used for you know the internet archive is brilliant for creating yeah. backups of huge repositories of data from across the internet and indeed they do have what looks like a massive multi-terabyte archive of certain usenet servers was one called giga yes. giga news right yes um this looks like a popular one however i'm looking at the uh, i've sorted the collection by weekly news uh, sorry weekly views and the very top one is the usenet groups from alt.sex <laughs> yeah uh and i just had a very quick look into this and um it's only text files that i can see here but some of the some of the clues as to the contents here are really quite telling um alt.sex.balls alt.sex.nasal hyphen hair um there's fur which i assume is is furries um, probably there's alt.sex.nigel loves sheep um what else do we have here there's 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 quite a lot of very very specific subgenres of sex so i did wonder well, let, if let, part of the reason that google might not like all this is that there's an awful lot of smut on here as well well you say smut but it's um yeah i mean all right Mate, enough, if you're turned on by smut. nasal hair that's smut well, yeah but you've well, you there's there's something to be said for the uh the anonymity the uh the sort of the non-bound to a specific service discussion you know there's things that you might want to you might want to discuss in sort of secret and, and anonymously you know thing you know there's lots of examples of that where you would there's no judgment and people can help and whatever and you know usenet could provide that i mean obviously it's become incredibly underused uh, but that makes me sad you know this is one of the original protocols of the internet one of the founding fathers of uh, discourse online mm. and it's it's not used anymore and I, I and in many ways it baffles me because it's staggeringly simple to use um you know there's anyone could do it really in the modern age you know it would only take someone to come along with a sort of reddit like user interface and present that to the public and you could be back up and running but it is so i mean and also i will say that um there, there, I was reading some comments online. There's a big suggestion that Google is at least in part responsible for the spam problem that uh, Usenet is experiencing because obviously Google is 
terrible at dealing with spam. One of the worst companies I've ever encountered. Um, for example, I still routinely get uh, spam Google Docs invites and things like that, uh, which just irritates the living hell out of me. Anyway, I, I, I realise this is very niche, but uh, it's a bit sad. I um, think it's interesting. I mean, I'm a massive data hoarder. So yes. for me, any loss of huge volumes of data, historic data in particular, is is very sad and concerning. So I've paid attention to this, and I'm gonna I'm gonna keep an eye on on this because when stuff disappears, that's that's pretty that's pretty sad. That's pretty sad. But maybe yeah. maybe maybe this is fine because somebody else will pick it up, and then we'll all be okay again. Well, someone did suggest that they maybe. <laughs> They maybe hand it over to the Internet Archive. But what I think would need to happen is they would need to go through it and get all the spam out first, ideally. Although you might argue that the spam record is part of it. But it does make it very unusable. That's the problem. But if you... if I mean, I don't think it really happens anymore because I think Google has been quietly disengaging from this. The part of the reason that Google probably bought Deja News, and this is wild speculation on my part, but I'm pretty sure it's something to do with wanting to have a comprehensive archive of things that have been discussed discussed you know like problem solving like why does this do that and problem solving historically also becomes very difficult to do on the world the web as a whole because you know once things you know places shut down so you know that i might be looking for a problem for a piece of hardware that's maybe 20 years old or something you know let's say i've got i don't know an old video recorder or something and i'm trying to work out what's wrong with it there's not going to be anywhere on the on the wider internet where that's discussed but there might have been some conversations about it back in the history on usenet so being able to find those is a really useful resource plus it's a fascinating historical archive of the early internet and you're not you're not kidding Uh, and if you are the person behind (laughs) alt.sex.cost-benefit analysis which i'm not kidding is in here then let us know on hello at uktechshow.com. What is your favorite memory of using newsgroups and Usenet and so forth? Let us know. I would like to thank our patrons for supporting us. People like Richard Taylor, people like Charlotte, people like all the people in fact listening live right now we have lots of great people they get our extended version of the show every week they get the back catalog they get to listen live they get all that good stuff you can be one of those people by going to hello no you can't that's the email address by going to patreon.com forward slash uk tech or just as important leaving us a review we haven't had new reviews for a little while no we haven't we've obviously reached peak review so it would be a great opportunity you may say you're christmas gift to us to go and leave us a review on uh, on apple podcasts on spotify i think you can star things on there tell a friend let somebody else know why they should listen to us who else this week has told you about the intricacies of news groups and the weird sex subgenres archived yeah. therein and um, if you're a patron you'll have to listen to 20 odd minutes of me wanging on about a new codec Oh, God, that's true. Uh, it's called H.26Ian, uh, as per the, pa- <laughs> the Patreon post. Yeah, Ian did an extra message this month, uh, just this morning, in fact, about uh, H.266 and the history of some of the interesting video compression formats, which 
does sound as nerdy uh or is as nerdy as it sounds and is brilliant so that's there we are now going to spend the next few minutes talking about the death of e3 some of our memories of being there and covering it that's coming up right now that's going to do it for this week if anyone's listening live or relatively recently i'm going to be doing this week in tech this evening as we record on sunday the 17th of december but uh it'll be on demand if you go and want to go and listen to that i have no idea what we're talking about but i suspect ai will form part of it maybe the death of e3 which we just talked about for our patrons um i imagine that might come up but who knows but ian i think uh, we'll try and do another show before the christmas thing yeah. happens we'll try and do that ahead of time well you pro- you promised a game of uh well for the patrons the game of festive uh guess the hole the guess- ho 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 hole yeah guess the ho ho hole yeah we'll try and do that for patrons and uh, if we do a good one maybe we'll do it again and everyone can join in but until then have a fantastic almost end of the year and we'll see you again all being well next week see you next week bye planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen premium luggage options buttery soft italian leather bags and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands plus Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.